Welcome in to Defeating the Curse. The final four in the NFL is set on the podcast today, FP20, Stevie, and myself. My name is Joe. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is available Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Slacker, whatever comes inside of most people's cars. Also on Spotify, also on Podbean, pretty much everywhere. So if you enjoy the show, keep listening, obviously, and share it with others. Find us on uh, on Twitter, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. FP's got a little side project to clean up our Facebook. Thank you, FP. But boys, let's jump into these games. These games were less entertaining than last week's games for sure, and let's take them in order here. Uh, we don't have to necessarily go rapid fire, but the first game of the bunch was probably, I think it was the most poo-poo, although the Chargers was pretty poo-poo also. Chiefs, 31. Colts, 13. Not a very exciting game. You know, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on this, except I'm curious to see what Andy Reid has in store for the Patriots next week. This wasn't a particularly uh, dominating game, like performance from the Chiefs. But the Colts, I mean, the Colts kind of regressed to what we maybe thought they were earlier in the season. FP, how much of this game did you watch? Um, because it, it was ugly early and often. Um, I'll be honest, when we get to the the, the Bolts game, I, I just basically stopped watching and went to shovel my driveway. I told 20, I, that's, I was just done watching it. But FB, what did you think of this game? You know, Colts, they uh, they had a shot, but it really didn't come to fruition at all. The Chiefs just were the better team. Uh, I mean, sadly, it was a very boring game. Um, but my the whole time I was watching it, I was one I was wondering why they just weren't running the ball. I mean, all season long, everyone was talking about how the Chiefs couldn't stop the run. We're giving up five point whatever yards per carry, and then you have the Colts that got hot because of that running game, which opened up everything for Andrew Luck. And it took them it what seemed like two and a half quarters to figure out, hey, we can actually run the ball on these guys. But by then it was too late because Mahomes is, I mean, he's just insane. It's insane how good this kid is. Yeah, he 27-41, 278 yards. No picks, no touchdowns either, uh, shockingly. Uh, Damian Williams had himself a game, though. 25, uh, 25 carries, 129 yards. Um, yeah, and I think it was Tyreek Hill that had that long rush as well. I think he ran for like 40 yards on one rush. Uh, Stevie, I got to ask, man, like I know, I know you're with, with New Child and all, but how, how many actual minutes of this game did you watch? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I got off the rails. Yeah, okay, okay. We're, we're talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> we're talking about the Chiefs game. We're talking about the Chiefs game, Donk. How, much, how many minutes no, of this did you watch? Hey, hey, I don't care how many new kids I got, okay, which seems to be a running theme in my life. If you give me a playoff game in the snow, I'm tuning in, okay? And I saw uh, the field at the beginning. I know they Instagrammed about it, and it looked like it was going to be a snow game. It didn't turn out to be a snow game. It turned out to be a rain game. A lot of those guys are wearing short sleeves. Um, and, yeah, Chiefs are the real deal, man. I mean, do we even talk about Kareem Hunt anymore? Does anyone even know who Kareem Hunt is? Like, where is this guy? Like, who even cares? The way they are able to unleash that offense without him, Incredible. The way they put anybody back there, an incredible uh, a rushing attack all game. Mahomes can do things that very few quarterbacks, if any, in the league can do. And therefore, that's a recipe to win playoff games. So, yeah, I mean, they controlled the game from start to finish. Yeah, it, like yeah, and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was a guy that we we highlighted on the preview show last week, saying they really the the Colts really won't have an answer for this guy. And of course, uh, as predicted, he goes seven catches, 108 yards. He looked really really good. Um, but it was just shocking to see them maybe struggle. I mean, they couldn't finish drives. 
through the air, which is maybe a little unchiefs-like. I think Andy Reid, if he's going to focus on one thing, it's probably trying to get these receivers, whether it be uh, whether it be it's even Watkins had a nice game actually, minus that fumble at the end. Um, you know, try to find a way to get these guys into the end zone because the Patriots. I think surprised many of us, me at the top of that list, and we'll talk about that game in a second. Before we move off of this one, though, Mina, I mean, I know you watch this game. Is there anything, mm-hmm. do you think, is there any, if you are the Chiefs moving forward now, is there one thing you're trying to replicate from this game next week against the uh, Patriots? I would replicate the way that defense came out and just shut down Andrew Luck. They played phenomenally, and, and, Obviously, we could talk about their offense and Mahomes all day, but like, let's give it up for that defense too. And I told you last week, like, I'm a big defensive guy. I'm all about defense. So, if they just come out and play the way they did against Andrew Luck, I mean, Tom Brady's gonna have a hard time. But you know, like we saw yesterday, we, we really can't count out Tom Brady. So, no, you can't. You can't. And let's stay. You know, let's do them a little out of order here. Let's stay in the AFC and talk about that game. The Bolts let me down big time here. I, I was. You know, on the I was, I was conducting the hype train right for the Bolts and for Philip Rivers, and I thought this was the one that he was going to go in and finally beat Tom Brady, get that first victory against Tom Brady in Foxborough in the playoffs with all the meaning, like with all with everything on the line. This is the best team Philip Rivers Philip Rivers has had um, while he's been in San Diego. I mean, obviously he's been there his entire career, but this is easily the best team he's had, the most balanced team he's had, and they just came out and got rolled. The Patriots like. The Patriots don't aren't very good, but when you score four consecutive touchdowns on four consecutive drives, which is I think what happened between the end of the first quarter and the uh, through halftime, basically, I mean that's an insurmountable amount of points to get back. Uh, you know, same order here. FP, what what stood out to you? Because honestly, for me, I'm not I don't have much to say about the Patriots. They're the Patriots, and and we expect them to rise to any challenge. But the Chargers just let me down big time. I mean, there wasn't a single part of this game plan that was executed properly, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the game plan that that suffered and the in-game adjustment definitely didn't come as fast as the Chargers needed it to. Um, But I mean, it's Tom Brady in Foxborough in January. That's never going to be easy for any team, no matter how good the Chargers were playing. Um, What's crazy is this Patriots team, aside from Tom Brady, all of a sudden having more zip to his passes in January than he has all season. He kind of just th- this running game is what's really carrying the team. And I mean, it's insane that that Sony Michelle is just kind of taking over and 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 pounding the ball. And all of a sudden you have this ground pound team that you've never really seen the Patriots have. Sure, they had um, what's his face? Uh, who's their uh, red zone rusher that went to the Eagles? Who are we talking about? Like Garrett Blunt? Blunt? Garrett Blunt. Yeah, yeah. They used to have the the uh, red zone many game. Seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is they used to have that. That used to be their running game was just red zone touchdowns. But now they actually have a, a running back that can go up and down the field with ease. And I don't think the Chiefs can actually stop that. And and I think it, it the the Patriots are just poised to go back to the Super Bowl, unfortunately. So, Stevie, I mean, I feel like I always have to ask Steve, how many minutes of this game did you watch? <laughs> right, because I... I, I, I en- enough to have some in-depth analysis. How about that? Okay, okay? how did... How I don't did, need my, my football <laughs> fandom <laughs> questions. Why, minutes, did, okay? why did Melvin Gordon only get yeah, nine touches? Seven kids over here. Why, why did he only get nine touches? Gordon, well, because 
I don't care about that because if you watch the game, would you realize the game was won and lost when the Chargers defense was unable to get any pressure on Tom, Jonathan Brady, whatever his middle name is. Like, <laughs> it's just making things up as we and, go here. I mean, they literally invest so much in that defensive line. The defensive line which had caused havoc in previous weeks. Melvin Ingram was living in the backfield in the wild card matchup. Why couldn't they get any pressure on Brady as soon as that happened? The game was over. We've seen that with the Patriots time and time again. This offense that has looked lackluster over the last you know, four or five weeks heading into the playoffs in the regular season, I mean, Brady looked like a machine. And why? Because he had enough time to scan the field. They were not blitzing a lot. They were trying to get there with four. They couldn't get there with four. And he was able to beat them and pick and choose and really pick that defense apart. And that was when the game was over. I mean, they were literally doing these you know, 10-play, 11-play, 14-play drives, eating up all the puck, not giving time. It was putting too much pressure on the Chargers' offense. Philip Rivers felt like he needed to score on every play. Okay, and that's a lot well, he did. He, need, he did need to. Because that defense couldn't get to him. That defense couldn't come up with a stop. Honestly, if you, if you go against Tom Brady playing zone, you're an idiot. And uh, Tony Romo, who, again, great commentating, but he said it. He's t- Tom Brady has an encyclopedia of defenses in his mind, and he's literally just going to sit back there and slice up any defense that's going to give him zone because he can see any hidden coverage that you're going to try to throw at him. And he's just proving it over and over and over again. You can't beat Tom Brady with brains. You need to beat him with brawn, and you need to get him in his face and, and touch him and bring him down. That's the only way. But the unsung hero, look, Brady Brady gave us a Brady-like performance, you know, going 34 for 44, 343 and a touchdown. He did what we, you know, what he's been known to do. What the Patriots did though by with just running the ball, Sonny Michel in particular, 24 carries, 120 yards, 9 yards. He looked unstoppable. James White caught I, I think he went for almost 100 yards receiving out of the backfield as well. This is, I mean, I, I didn't expect them to to basically look like the Chiefs. Right, even Gronk kind of resurfaced and looked. I mean, he only had one catch, but he was out there and didn't. He didn't look as making his blocks. Yeah, as as he was in the previous in previous games. Uh, You know, Mina. I mean, you and I were kind of texting back and forth during this game after the third straight Patriots touchdown. I I basically went outside and shoveled my driveway. I'm assuming you kept watching. Yeah, I kept watching until there was about four minutes at the end because I thought it was hysterical just watching Philip Rivers. And how annoyed he was the whole game and yelling at everybody and yelling at his linemen who couldn't block you or me or, or Stevie, maybe Paul. I don't know. But um, they, oh, it, it was that's, I think that's the reverse of what you should have said. But OK, <laughs> I'm at, I'm at LP <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, that that defense for the Chargers just didn't show up yesterday. And you guys are right, like not pressuring Tom Brady and. Like, I remember one play where they did, and then Tom just kind of, like, threw it away because they were up big at that point. And it was never a close game, and the score was just didn't really say, you know. So I mean, they like, killed how, him. They killed him. How much, how much can we blame the scheduling, though, for, for the a Chargers lot. to have to go West Coast, East Coast for Baltimore and then back West Coast and then back they got East screwed. Coast for Patriots? They, no, they, they had to play in the early. No, but, They've done and, it before and won. They did it last week in one, but they you up. can't ask a West Coast team to play in the early slot on either day. You just right. can't do it. I'm not a, right. I mean, you might as well send them to London at that point. They gave them, They had to. They gave them the Sunday game. What what is blaming the schedule? They gave them the latest game possible. No, they no they didn't. They, they played. They kept. What are you talking they, about, Stevie? They, they played at one Eagles o'clock. For, they kept the Eagles Saints for prime time. They wanted to give no. the much better matchup. 
much bigger market. Right, but if you if you are a San Diego, I keep saying San Diego, but if you're an LA Chargers fan or Rams fan for that matter, there's six of them, but okay. Right, but you you don't want to be. Yeah, definitely they got screwed. They're, that's the team that has to travel cross country and essentially play at ten o'clock in the morning. Of course, yeah. This is I understand it wasn't. It's not within their control, but that's two weeks in a row that they had to come out. And, and generally speaking, teams that come east struggle when they play in the one o'clock time slot. Except, of course, if it's against the Redskins. But generally <laughs> speaking, that's a problem. Are we are we gonna are we gonna get into Bruce's promotion or not? We soon, we will soon, we will. But quick, without without too much detail, who's your winner in the AFC Championship game next next week? Let's go, Mina first. Oh, I'd have to go Chiefs. Chiefs, FP. Twenty. Tom Brady is untouchable. Stevie. Oh, Chiefs by a lot. It'll be a blow up. Oh, confident. I'm going Chiefs by a little, but I'm going Chiefs as well. I don't think the Patriots can do that twice. All right, let's switch gears and go NFC here. The first Boo. game, the first game, the Cowboys at Rams ended 30 to 22. The score was closer than the game actually was in my opinion. The uh, I, I mean, I don't know how how can NFL General managers look at C.J. Anderson and the the game he's had now. Basically, the last what whatever month of the season, going back to the last two games of the regular season, the last game of the regular season. How is this guy not on an NFL roster? Like, I don't understand. He just came in here and tore up. Uh, I mean, defenses, NFL uh, playoff defenses for that matter. In in the case of the Cowboys, that have been riding high. Jared Goff looks like he is, uh, you know, like I I don't even know how to describe this team because. Fisher had this team before Sean McVay got there, and they couldn't get out of the cellar of the division. And now they are riding high, you know, back to back ten plus win seasons. They look, I mean, they look incredible. And Amari Cooper, as predicted by yours truly, got basically shut down completely by two corners that know him really, really well from his time in the uh, in the AFC. They obviously had seen each other before, right? Between Marcus Peters, Stevie, you're looking at me like you're confused, right? He Cooper and Talib. I don't know how you get shut down. What do you mean? How do you get not get shut down? He scored a touchdown. He did score a touchdown, but they <laughs> he, he didn't have fifty. He, he didn't even. I think I don't think he had fifty yards. Am I correct? I, I think he caught a forty-yard touchdown. So I, I would be shocked if he didn't have fifty yards. Can we can we get a fact checker here? I will. I will pull it up. I will pull it up. Stevie. Okay. Okay. I will look it up quickly. Let me just take a. Okay. He had six catches for sixty-five yards. Some guy named Michael <laughs> Gallup had hundred and twenty yards. Uh, I mean, in the world of Amari Cooper, from what we've seen the last month, that is shut down. Yeah, and they got in his face. They gave him a hard time. Marcus Peters stinks, by the way. Marcus Peters stinks. He does, and his politics are horrible. I mean, his politics align to your politics, but he's terrible. He reminds me of a number 24 uh, for for the Burgundy and (laughs) Gold. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about this game just a little bit here. Golf, you know, Dak obviously came out and kind of – he played okay, I guess, 20 for 32, uh, 260 yards and a touchdown – um, but they, I, I don't really know what to make of this team. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. What did you guys see? Cause I didn't see much out of the Cowboys. I didn't, they look like they were out of place to me. FP. I mean, the, the Cowboys should have never been in this game. The fact that they beat Seattle was a fluke in my opinion. It's this team in general. It's just, it's not a team that you could ever put your money on because, you just can't trust Dak Prescott. And I don't care what the kind of pressure was that he was getting from the Rams or how Zeke was running or what Amari. 20, how about you? Um, yeah, just 
watching this team, like the, the their their defense, Cowboys defense could not get off the field. And I'm with uh, I'm with FP on this one. There's nothing that brings me more joy than watching the Cowboys lose. But it was kind of sad to see all those fans in LA. And I get it. I get why. But it was just. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, Wait, what do you what are you guys that. upset about here? I mean, the Cowboys historically have had training camp in Southern California, so there's a lot of fans there to begin with. Who are you feeling bad for? No, I mean, I feel bad for the. I'm feeling feeling bad for the Chargers because there's more Cowboy fans in their city than than for their own team. Yeah, whatever. Or the Rams. I mean, I mean, they they play well, in the look, soccer stadium. I, can we can we get to the star of that game, which is Sean McVay? He's the star of that entire game. Before There's no other headline. headline what could have been here in Washington, Stevie? Can someone give? Hold on, hold on. Can someone give the Rams a little bit of love here? They had two guys go over 100 yards rushing. They look dominant from start to finish. They 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 face. They'll face the Saints next week in what, uh, to me, may be the the best two teams left. Uh, the Chiefs certainly can make a claim for that as well. But I mean, this is a this was a big time game, a coming out party for McVay. Even without, you know, he he even went public and said like. Please, please don't sell your tickets to Cowboys fans. We need fans in the stadiums. But like, I, I never buy this that the the players need the energy or like I, I just don't buy that. These are guys are professionals. I don't think somebody cheering for them or against them makes a difference. Stevie, can you can you give CJ and Todd Gurley a little bit of love here? I, I could. Um, I don't know if it's coming out party for McVay. The guy's going to be coach of the year probably. Uh, but I think we saw – I mean, the Cowboys fought harder than I thought they would. I mean, they hung in there. Dak made some throws. Um, you know, Zeke was trying to get going as much as possible. He was really stifled. And that's where I go back to the trenches, where I just talked about uh, how the Chargers blew the game uh, without getting pressured. I mean, the Rams' front four is unstoppable. I mean, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, they got guys coming off the edge. They are un. Stoppable, and they can cause havoc in the backfield. And they show that they can stop the run and get to the, the the passer. I mean, Aaron Donald rushing from a tackle position, rushing from an interior position, shouldn't be able to get that much pressure when he's getting double teamed. And Dominican Sue was stuffing the run all day on Zeke, and that made the difference. Like uh, I don't know, one of you guys said, they were able to get off the field on third downs. Jack is who we thought he is, which is a below average quarterback. Uh, and so, you know, the Cowboys fought as hard as they could. But the, this Rams team, like you said, Joe, they, they, they're built on great defense. They have a mediocre quarterback. And, and, I mean, Goff missed a lot of throws. He's working with some good weapons, Brandon Cooks and Gurley. Um, they missed a lot of throws. McVay knows how to create an offense and to hide weaknesses. And that's what you talk about is coming out party. That's what makes McVay so good is that he's able to really hide uh, the weaknesses. And he hid golf enough to get Gurley and CJ Anderson and he rode him to a victory. So I, I think defense and rushing wins the games, even if they're playing in sunny California, uh, you know, in, in January, yeah, I think it's a good message. That's the tried and true method, right? Is a stud defense and a running game. And then if, as you need to, you pepper the passes because you're going to be facing great defenses moving forward. I don't know if we can call the New Orleans Saints a great defense, but let's talk about this game now. Last one, it was last night. Um, I actually enjoyed this game tremendously. I, I, you know, Stevie, you always talk about like how Brady's must must watch TV. For me, Breeze is must watch every time he's on the field. I love watching Drew Brees. I love watching Drew Brees. I love watching the Saints team too. They're creative offensively. Their defense maybe sometimes leads something to be desired, but they went down 14-0 to the Eagles, and it looked like Saint Nick was going to pull yet another. You know, rabbit out of his hat and and do the unexpected. 
And then just slowly and steadily, you could kind of sense the tide was turning. And slowly, you know, Ted Ginn gets gets hot. Michael Thomas gets a little hot. Alvin Kamara suddenly is catching some stuff. Uh, Ingram starts running a little bit better. Drew, and then, I mean, the rest is kind of history now. It wasn't, it wasn't the dominant performance that we were expecting or I was expecting out of the Saints. But, I mean, they've made it now to the NFC Championship game. They'll, they'll, face, uh, they'll face L.A., they'll, the Rams, next week. But let's talk about this game. I mean, I was shocked when the Eagles came out 14-0. I, I, would, I would assume everybody else was as, as well, right, FB? Yeah, I, I was freaking out really, really badly watching the Eagles come out hot. And I thought Foles Magic was going to rear its ugly head and get them another W. But the balls on Sean Payton is what won that game to turn around all of the momentum to go for it on fourth down with that twice. punt twice, the punt, and then in the in the end zone to get the touchdown. It was just – he did it in the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't he do it in, in a game of a lower caliber? He's – it's incredible. I don't know why. 20 looks very upset that I'm giving Sean Payton credit, but it, you need it. You need it to kind of win. No, you got it. You're no, not a Sean Payton guy? No, I'm, I don't care for the Saints. I don't really think Drew Brees is. Like, so much he's great. He's great. But I don't like him. I'm not a fan of Drew Brees. Um, I, you didn't need to go for it on fourth down during that time of, of the game. Like that, that offense. No, he did. Of course, you did. He needed to change the momentum of the you, game. You need it. Okay, the whole momentum idea. I I get that. Plug for you, Stevie. Um, but <laughs> the problem is that early in the game, like even though they were up fourteen zero or whatever, I knew there was so much more time left in the game. The Saints were gonna come back and they were gonna win the game. I had no doubt about that. I get you needed something. Were, were you watching a different game up until that point? No, but if you if you kept watching the game as the game kept going on, look at all the Eagles that kept getting hurt. The, I think they're in starting what defensive line. So you wouldn't go for it on fourth when you need to spark your offense because I'm the other team was getting hurt. Not at that point of the game, you didn't need to. So what you if you don't go is, it on? This is the logic of like for it? we're going to beat that team. And pick up basketball okay, because they're all wearing it? jumpsuits or tracksuits. What if you don't get it? If, if you, you don't, don't all right. If you don't get it, right? Where's the ball? Let's say the Eagles get the ball back and they just drive it down your throat, and all of a sudden they're up twenty-one zero. That's much harder to come back from than what Sean Payton gambled with. Right now, you're coaching like Jay Gruden. That's what you just no, described to us. You, no, you're looking at things in hindsight. I'm you're looking you, at a numbers game on a little card about when to go. But the Saints have also done this regularly throughout the season correct. when the offense also has stuttered. They, they did it against right. Tampa Bay in a game they didn't have to win, I think, right. two games before the end of the season. So th- there's a history here. And, you know, Sean Payton has this tendency to go and let kind of if – you, if you watch the – you know, I think SportsCenter had the clip – but Drew kind of signaled over and was like, we're going for it. Like, he saw something on the field. He wanted to go for it, right? And that's something that you do when you have a incredible Hall of Fame talent quarterback. Sometimes you let him make a call or two, even, even on the biggest stage or, you know, at the biggest point or the most important critical part of your, your season. Stevie, I'm assuming you watched this entire game. Nope. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? Oh, man, I got a shovel, man. I, got, I, got. Uh, I watched uh, through the third quarter, and we had to do a little bedtime, sang a little song. That's what? it. What? What? I'm, I'm the only one with kids here. Come on, Joe. No, I, I actually watched this uh, entire game. I was done with the shoveling. What do you? What do you? 
I got over. I'm, the, I'm, I got I'm over the Colts to, loss or the Colts, the Bolts loss, I, the Chargers, and I was home. I was watching. I I mean, I was shocked by the start. I mean, the Saints. It wasn't just that they went down fourteen nothing. I mean, they looked completely out of sorts. I mean, they had, I think, negative yardage. I know they were stuck on zero for probably a, mm-hmm. a good chunk of the quarter. Uh, so they were just out of sorts, and then Foles uh, just they would just go down the the field and matriculate that ball down. Um, so that that really took me off that a Sean Payton team comes out that flat. I thought that was pretty crazy, especially at home. I mean, I was uh, incredible. But you always felt like, and I think everyone kind of in the Superdome, around the Superdome, watching on TV, you knew that there was going to be a comeback. And it it was weird that it was never like a moment, right? They had a there was a fumble, there was you know a turnover here and there, but they never had this like moment of like this play and this you know whatever when. Uh, you know, they thought that they got the break on the Eagles fumble when they recovered the fumble and then they fumbled it and Saints got it back on a first and 10. Then they overturned the call. There was never this moment. They just, like you said, just slowly were just creeping back into it. Field goal here, touchdown here, going down the field, you know, uh, ball control. But they were just in I'll control. I'll tell you, there was, there, was a set of, there was a set of plays in late in the second quarter before halftime when they were down 7-14, I think, where they attempted three Three passes, the exact same play. They ran the same play three times. It was Drew Brees trying to hit uh, Taysom Hill, and then it was Taysom Hill throwing to Alvin Kamara, and then that one actually went into the end zone, but it was called back. And then the same play again, it was Drew Brees to uh, to Michael Thomas for like 35 yards. At that point, I was like, if you have the if you have the stones to run the same exact play, like this is literally like Madden, hold wide to get everyone back up and then flip it at the line <laughs> of scrimmage. They literally ran the same play three times in a row. And, you know, Drew Brees missed Taysom Hill by, I, I I mean, I felt like he missed him by like a foot on the deep, the first attempt. Then they put Taysom in at quarterback and he hit Kamara for the touchdown. He got called back. And then Drew comes back in and runs the same play again to Michael Thomas. Like, if you have the stones to do that, you, you knew you were seeing something out there that you were going to expose in that uh, in that Eagles secondary. Looking forward here. Which Sean do you got in the NFC Championship game? Are you going with Peyton or McVeigh, Stevie? Uh, where's the game? Is it in LA? It's in, uh, it's in New Orleans. They're the New one Orleans seed. Uh, no, I mean I was. I, I my heart is going with LA, and I'll be cheering for them. Of course, you gotta love McVeigh. Okay, the guy's five years younger than us, and he's killing it. Um, but my head is is New Orleans. I think. You give Sean Payton uh, and, and Breeze time. They've already faced each other. They know what they're expecting. They'll game plan it up. And I think the Superdome advantage, advantage uh, Saints. Easily. It's real. It's tangible there. Mina, yeah. who you got? Which, which well, I'm going to go with Mc, McBay. And I said McBay, not McVay. That guy is very handsome. Um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 big, <laughs> I'm big on the Rams. Just – just because I think that defense is a lot better than what I thought it was. And that offense is clicking. And and this time around, I know they played them this year, earlier this year in LA and LA won that game, but they didn't have, or did the saints win that game? <laughs> well, I think, no, no, hold on. Why, why did you, are you fact checking yourself? So much real okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll come back to no, me now. FP, who, which, think, which Sean are you going no, to? Oh, no, 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 the Saints one. The Saints one. <laughs> the Saints FP, which Sean are you going with? Um, 
I'm going to go Saints, and it's going to come down to the fact that I believe the Alvin Kamara-Ingram running back to duo is going to be more than what the Rams can get with Gurley and uh, what's-his-face. Look, I, I, I think it's going to be which, which tandem runs better. It's literally what I just said. The, I know, but the Rams' defense <laughs> is significantly better than the Eagles' defense. I think Kamara and Ingram get the short end of the stick with this Right, one. but but the Saints defense is significantly better than the Cowboys defense when it comes to no, rushing. I, actually, I disagree. I think the Cowboys defense was playing they were they were they were riding high. Um the Saints defense didn't look particularly well yesterday against a not very talented but good like tactical Eagles team. Like the Eagles don't have that that one consistent guy that's going to go get you. The Rams have a lot of firepower and on defense in particular if you can't expose them, if you can't if they get pressure with their front four, the way Steve was talking about a little bit ago, I, I mean, they're gonna. The, Drew Brees the, is gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna struggle. The one thing that may swing it to the Rams' favor is that the Saints did lose Sheldon Rankins with a torn ACL yesterday, and he was basically their. He was the reason why they had the number two rushing defense. So that could swing it, but I, overall, I still think the Saints take it, and I still think um, you'll have. The, the cornerbacks being another difference maker. And Aqib Tlaib's probably going to get the Rams some kind of BS penalty that's going to make Drew Brees have another another chance to, to go downfield and get a touchdown. It, it's just what happens with Aqib Tlaib. Okay, so we... What, what's the line here? What, what is the line on these games? I think the early line, line is Chiefs minus five and, and Saints minus six, which are very aggressive. That that was like late those last are night. Those are, those are big lines. But I, I, we'll see what they actually look like when it's time to make our bets on uh, Wednesday, Stevie. Um, but it sounds like right now we're all leaning – well, just by numbers, we're leaning towards uh, Chiefs and Saints is what it sounds like, which would be uh, – look, either one of these matchups That's in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, look, e- either one of these. I-, I don't particularly want to see Tom Brady win another one. I think there's a chance that if Breeze gets another win, he rides off into the sunset uh, like Manning did, uh, Peyton Manning did, just kind of calling it a career and moving on. Uh, they have, I mean, they got talent at that position there in New Orleans that they, that Peyton can coach up. But is, who is, knows? Is, uh, is, pa- is Patrick Mahomes a brother? He's, He's half. a half brother. Yeah, He's a half brother, yeah. He got those yeah. blue eyes, okay? I know. Hey, he ain't fooled me, okay? I, I, think, I, can tell. Uh, I think him, Sean King, and uh, and uh, and uh, Kaepernick are all uh, of the same thread. And Jason Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. There's one last thing we got to talk about here. There's one last thing we got to talk about. Surviving R. Kelly. Okay, because I, I can't believe that you actually sat down and that's watched a, a Lifetime documentary or whatever that is. That was, it, was it on Lifetime? Or oxygen, yep. whatever, whatever female <laughs> network Steve sat and watched. Can I get like a two minute synopsis and two reasons why I should watch this? So, uh, a synopsis is R. Kelly is the devil. Okay, he literally is the devil. He's been doing some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff for like fifty years now. He is and, an old dude, by the way. Yeah, he's like fifty two or something crazy. Um, and he's been hiding in plain sight. And he's been doing some messed up stuff. And they got videos and they got trials and they got interviews and they got survivors. And like John Legend said, I love me some John Legend. He said, time's up on R. Kelly. Um, and it's just a fascinating documentary of someone that was doing some crazy. You want two reasons to watch it? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, sounding like sounding like Tony there, buddy. <laughs> there isn't much yeah. there. It sounds like. <laughs> if, if, 
Just give it a watch, okay? What is else R. Kelly is R. How many R. Kelly songs will I hear? The soundtrack for this documentary is it all R. Kelly? There's <laughs> <laughs> some good R. Kelly songs on there, but uh, I mean, I was just I was disappointed that uh, Lady Gaga pulled that banger with him uh, from a couple years back. That's on my gym playlist because I like running to it. Uh, Do what you want with my body is gone. I can't even get it on Spotify oh, anymore. <laughs> it's not there anymore. I mean, I don't well, know. You, is, got, plenty uh, there was you like got plenty of time to watch the joke because your buddy ain't pulling the government shutdown for a while, okay? So you got plenty of time, okay? Hey, listen, we're, we all live in D.C. If the government entity that decides if we go to work or not is furloughed and not working, who makes the decision to shut down the government? Well, it's all fun and games about the shutdown until they stop my three-year-old from going to the zoo. Okay, that's when I draw the line. Says the okay. guy who escaped his house, right, to, to go to work today when everybody else is at home, right? <laughs> FP, did you watch this nonsense, this documentary? I'm not gonna call it nonsense because apparently it's all over Twitter and everybody's like, it's like did, uh, it's hashtag Me Too all over. I again. did not watch it. I I heard about it. I never watched it. I probably won't watch it. I'm, I'll just enjoy whatever memes and internet <laughs> fame that comes out of it. Um, but I did see that apparently Illinois was like, uh, we're gonna cancel R. Kelly concert, and that made headlines. I didn't even know R. Kelly still did concerts. I mean, like who goes to those? Fair or- Farm fair or something. <laughs> Mina, it's did like you watch one this? time Cisco opened up in Arlington. <laughs> Mina, did you watch this the documentary? No, no, no. I saw. I, I know saw you're a big Cisco. R. Kelly fan growing up. Uh, negative. Actually, he, he's he's okay. But I mean, I, I knew you're not allowed to stuff. say that anymore. Well, I mean, mu- musically, he's okay. I, I, <laughs> but we know about all this stuff. This isn't anything new. But I did see a clip of him talking about how he asked his mother to marry him or something. Stevie, do you remember that? or His mom? Yeah, he was like, I was so in love with my mom and I asked her to marry me. And when I saw that clip, I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. You sure he didn't just use slang that went over your head? No. Say, well, he, made, he made all the girls call him daddy. I'm not making light of that. I'm, I'm saying that, that might be part of the confusion, but... Uh, Look, okay, I might, I might check this out, Stevie. I finished uh, the final season of House of Cards, which was terrible. The new one, terrible. Literally the oh, worst. Why, why would you so even bad. watch that? Because I, I don't like leaving things unwatched. And I got like True Detective starting this week. We got, uh, we got Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones is like three months out, but we got some shows ask, returning. Did, did you see the the teaser for Game of Thrones I that did, came out? I did, and I'm actually we our, our little group here is geeked up to start recording some. Uh, some post episode shows, but like I'm Ready trying to clear it. out my, my watch eight, like, I, you know, I'm tracking shows and stuff and it's just, these eight episodes are staring me in the face. It was terrible. Like I know as bad as, as house of cards was Narcos Mexico made up for it. That Narcos Mexico was Michael Pena is that guy has come a long way from like B list or C list actor, like support actor. He carried that show and he did a phenomenal job, but true. Detective, That's the guy from Ant-Man, right? He's he done. An he's done a lot of stuff. You just Google him. I'm not sure if he was an Ant Man. That doesn't sound like something I'm, I care to see or know more about. <laughs> um, but for sure, House of Cards final season terrible. Like Kevin Spacey, I, I I know he got wrapped up in the Me Too stuff, but the entire season was basically about him anyway. And it was a terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was just a horrible way. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. I don't, I don't want to do any spoilers for anybody that cares, but. Just the Nobody ending cares. was terrible. The whole nope. season was terrible. But True Detective did return to HBO, and I'm excited to carve out some time. It started last night, so I'm excited to uh, carve out uh, some time and watch that. 
Are we going to get to tidying up with Marie Kondu? Dude, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. But you know what? She's super Dude, annoying I've after been like on the, the second co- episode. Super annoying. I've been on the Marie train for years. Okay, I read the book several years ago. Can okay, I get the gist of that? Because yeah, I already throw everything away. So I don't, I don't understand. Well, like, I, don't I don't keep junk in the house. You ain't doing the Marie Kondu way because you got to hold up every clothing item you got and ask yourself, does this give me joy? No, and if does it, it spark no, joy? Then it's gone. Okay. Okay, and spark joy is a very uh, What's the difference? intimate moment with your clothing. This Steve, sounds like some food. Steve, if you're doing stuff, it, if you're if you're yeah. in on the process, Stevie, I need a picture of your uh, of your t-shirt drawer immediately. We're gonna do a little brother, audit. Brother, I'll show you everything I got. Okay, it fits in a closet four by four. Yeah. So here's your synopsis, FP. Instead of stacking your clothes in your in your drawers, you make little teepees so you can see everything when you open. It's actually a really smart hack. But I'll tell you what, that show's super annoying. I super annoying. fold and fold in half again and go like a file system. Wait, wait. This show's about. Folding clothes. She's a professional tidier. A what? Tidying. Tidying. Like clean. Like, cleaning. She's like, she's like three foot nine, seventy five pounds. Yes. Oh. If that's your type. And so the show Japanese. is she tidies up her area. She tidies up space? people's she tidies houses. up your area. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Making it sound dirty. Twenty. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Any final thoughts, boys, before we wrap up here? Oh, silence is golden. Silence is golden for for Mina, for FP, and for Stevie. My name is Joe. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Defeating the Curse. Engage with us online. If you haven't watched House of Cards, you can pass. If you haven't watched Surviving R. Kelly, apparently it's a must-watch, according to Steve, our uh, Oprah Network uh, expert over here. If you are on government shutdown and got nothing to do, listen to some more shows. Send us some comments. Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. For the boys, until next time, we are out.